2: Underway.
1: Hello and welcome to the Action Network podcast. We have ourselves a Super Bowl, we've got Rams, we've got Bengals, we're getting ready for that just two weeks from now. I'm your host, Brandon Anderson, here as always with Raheem Palmer to wrap up Conference Championship Sunday. Two huge comebacks. We had one of them, the biggest fourth quarter comeback in Conference Championship history, and one of them, the biggest comeback in conference championship history. Raheem, our 49ers futures finally busted. I'm crushed.
0: Yeah, it was absolutely devastating. It actually reminded me of the Kansas City Chiefs 49ers Super Bowl. 49ers had a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter and just couldn't hold on. I had a big bet on the 49ers. I know some of you guys might have saw it on my Twitter. So they covered the three and a half, but it got a little shaky there at the end. And we were lucky enough to hold on, but unfortunately, our futures
1: died. Slow and fast death for futures. So Niners are up 10 with 17 minutes left. Not only just these futures, but Super Bowl futures, too. Suddenly you got a shot at the Bengals. You got a six-seed Niners team that's going to be favored in the Super Bowl one quarter away. Couldn't get the job done. So we'll get into that. We'll do a Super Bowl hot read on Rams-Bengals. Uh, we'll celebrate a little DM Sanders and Trey Lance wearing our jerseys in honor of our Niners. We had a good run with our guys over the last month. Odds today, as always, from BetMGM, the official odds provider of the Action Network podcast. And you know the drill. We're just going to go through both these games. So let's start out in the AFC. I don't even know if you call it a Bengals comeback or a Chiefs collapse. I think a little bit of both. Chiefs go up 21-3. to 3. Like they're They're just rolling at this point. And the Bengals come all the way back. The Chiefs only score three more the entire rest of the game. We go to overtime. The Chiefs win the toss again, but get stopped. Bengals get the field goal. Bengals 27-24. They finished at seven-point underdogs. They were plus 260 on the money line. Bengals got it done here.
0: Yeah, I, you know, I, I was skeptical about this game. This was one of those games where, Look, everything said the Chiefs should blow this Bengals team out. But like I said before on the last podcast, when you have a team, you're playing a game and a team blows a 14-point lead three different times. It's pretty clear that that other team isn't intimidated and maybe they're not as overmatched as we thought they were. And I know I said on the last podcast, the Chiefs wouldn't score just three points in the second half. And that's exactly what they did. So you got to give the Cincinnati Bengals some credit Patrick Mahomes, he just didn't play very well at all in that second half. He missed a bunch of throws. He almost threw a pick six and then on a following play, he threw an interception. Very disappointing season for the Chiefs. A team this talented is supposed to win the Super Bowl, but you got to give the Bengals credit. I mean, Joe Burrow was absolutely incredible. Once again, you can't count this guy out. 23 of 38 250 yards, two touchdowns, and he's almost Brady-esque at this point. And you know, he's catching some lucky breaks. But, look, when you look at, at that game, the play of the game came right before halftime. Tyreek Hill doesn't get in. They get no points. And that left the door open for the Bengals.
1: Yeah, I left the door open. And it, it seemed like it kind of shook Patrick Mahomes and the offense after that. They, they just never really got anything going again. So, yeah, Tyreek Hill, you know, tried the little spin move. He, he he could have just maybe put the shoulder down or try to get to the corner, fun back into him, get stopped at the goal line. The Chiefs are at the goal line, but the clock runs out and hits zeros. And it's like, ah, oh, well, you know, I guess I guess it'll be a game a little while longer as Chiefs are still up 21 to 10 and fully in control at that point. And then they just never really recovered from that. So yeah, you, you said on the podcast last time that the Chiefs would not score three in the second half again. I wrote it in my notes. I I literally am reading Chiefs three of three on scoring drives, go up 21-3 in bold, just like the first game, but that second half collapse ain't coming this time. Oh boy, did that second half collapse come. So let's rewind a little bit. So let's go up to the 21-3. To that point, very similar game, the whole game, to the week 17 game where the Chiefs go up early. And yet again, I have not learned my lesson. I'm writing the obituary. The Bengals season is over. The Chiefs have scored in all three drives, two touchdowns, one to Kelsey and one to Tyreek Hill, where Patrick Mahomes just creates time. You don't even need to see the end of the play. If you give Mahomes that much time, if he creates that much time, he's going to find someone. They're going to be open. Tyreek got the touchdown. This is the first time in 22 games that Tyreek Hill scored a touchdown and the Chiefs did not win the game. Kelsey got the touchdown. The Bengals... Convert a few third downs, but settle for a field goal. 21-3. to three. Here's some numbers at that point. The Chiefs have run 26 plays for 14 first downs. That's more than half of their plays. Touchdowns count. 226 yards, 8.7 yards of play. At that point in the game, Pat Mahomes is 13-14. of 14, Three touchdowns, 154 yards. He is averaging 1.02 expected points added per play. Over a full EPA per play through like almost halftime at that point, it's over, right? It's got to be over at that point. I'm
0: going to be honest with you. I never want to count Joe Burrow out just based on what we saw in the postseason. So even 21-3, to I'm thinking, how can the Bengals get this cover? And I saw it all year long. The Chiefs, you go back regular season. They blew the 11-point lead against the Baltimore Ravens really early in the year. They almost blew the cover against the Philadelphia Eagles. This team blew a 14-point lead three different times. So to me, when Joe Burrow scored that touchdown to make it 21-10, I'm thinking, you know what? There's a chance that this is a game in the second half, but the the drive before the halftime, that was the, the drive of the game. And the Chiefs scored there, and there's just not enough time for the Bengals to come back. And this game was basically on the Chiefs' offense. When you look at the second half, punt on the first possession, punt on the second possession, interception on the last possession, (laughs) then another punt, then another punt, then a field goal. So the Chiefs offense, they got to do more. And look, if you can only score three points in the second half of a game, you could lose to any NFL team. So you got to give credit to this Bengals defense.
1: Yeah, that play just before halftime, when the Bengals finally got on the board, it's it's a, Busted screen, basically, just a dump off to Samaj P Ryan, takes it to the house. I'm celebrating. I picked Chiefs in this game. I switched to Chiefs late in the week, but I had the second quarter over that hit my over. So I'm feeling good. It's close to the year over where we're going towards some points here. The Chiefs have this in control. It's, it's no problem. Third quarter, kind of boring, to be honest. The Chiefs are stalling a little bit, starting to play with their food like they do, just kind of just letting the Bengals hang around. And the Bengals get inside the 10, settle for another field goal like Zach Taylor loves to do. They're so still 21-13, still feeling pretty good. And then right near the end of the quarter, that's the, the big play. We talked about the play right before the half, but Mahomes drops back. You can tell at this point he's he's just he's rushing the process. We saw that earlier in the season. He got those early red zone turnovers. And then for the middle chunk of the season, he didn't look comfortable. Boy, did he look comfortable the last couple of weeks. He was doing anything he wanted, anything he wanted the first half of this game, but it's like something jarred in his mind and he was uncomfortable rushing decisions, rushing passes a little bit. They run an RPO, they got a blitzer in his face, and he rushes the pass. Hill tips it, grabs interception on the Chiefs 27. Mahomes only a second postseason interception ever 27 touchdowns, two interceptions. That's that's an MVP season for most players. That's just the playoffs for Mahomes, and the Rams get the third down, get it to Jamar Chase one on one in coverage. I don't know how you leave Jamar Chase one on one. Did we not watch the film from week seventeen? Chase goes up and gets it. They convert the two. Suddenly we're tied. What are you thinking at that point? Do you think are the Chiefs
0: are just going to come back down and score and end this? Because I was worried for them at that point.
1: I've bet the Chiefs at that point. Uh, the the line was Chiefs minus two and a half. And I don't regret it. You gave me Patrick Mahomes in a tie game. All you gotta do is win, basically. The Chiefs aren't winning by one or two 21 21 like you just gotta win. That's a money line. I took it, and i'm I'm happy about it. I have Patrick Mahomes with fifteen minutes left against the team that he's been scoring on. I hadn't really seen anything in the third quarter that made me think, oh man, the Bengals have made this big adjustment and shut this offense down. Even looking back, watching week 17 game, I kind of watch for that. Okay. What was the big adjustment? And I, I do think the Bengals kind of switched to just dropping guys and playing a three-man front, a four-man front, just dropping everyone in coverage. And, the, you know, the thing the Chiefs learned this season was that kind of dink and dunk drive, run the ball, throw the under stuff. And they did that great last week. And they, they just couldn't get to it. They couldn't get comfortable there in the fourth quarter, but I I wasn't panicked. I mean, you don't want to be in a tie game with a quarter left. You'd rather be up 21 to three, but I still felt comfortable with the chiefs. I felt honestly, I had the chiefs minus seven. I still felt pretty good about it. I thought the chiefs would get another touchdown. I certainly didn't think that they'd, you know, be held only three in the second half again. So yeah, that we, we get after that, that the Bengals have the ball. And then Joe Burrow, finally, for once the entire game, the Bengals don't run it into the middle of the line on first down. These coaches, they are just killing me with their play calls. We said it all year long. I'm going to keep saying it because the Bengals are still playing. They just keep running on early downs into the middle, getting negative EPA plays. They finally pass on first down, and I guess they showed me because Joe Burrow throws it right to the Chiefs, and suddenly – I'm feeling great again. I got the Chiefs minus two and a half. They're at the 50, basically. Here we go. Mahomes time. Go get the score and take the lead again.
0: You know, for me, I got to push back on that a little bit just because, look, we saw the Bengals win a playoff game in which they were sacked nine times. We know the weakness of this Bengals team is the offensive line. They can't consistently protect. And sometimes you got to run the ball. I know they only had a 38% success rate, but... You got you to gotta run the ball just to protect Burrow. And look, they were fortunate in this game. They were only sacked once for seven yards. So the Chiefs' pass rush really just didn't get there a ton. So I know Melvin Ingram made some big plays, but I can't fault them for necessarily running the ball like that. To me, this, this game was on the Chiefs' offense. Like, I just don't – I still don't understand how this team could just be rolling for two quarters and then look completely lost. Mahomes pretty much looked like McNabb out there. And it, it was like very reminiscent of Andy Reed's time with the Eagles when he got to the, the conference championship. And, you know, despite all that, I know most people watching this game and thinking down three, the
1: Chiefs are going to score and down three with the ball, Mahomes fumbles it and they almost lose in regulation. Both quarterbacks really tried to give us a one, one away at the end. Burrow had the interception and then nearly had another interception, just trying to throw the ball away and got really lucky to, to knock you away with that one. You didn't mention too, right after that Burrow interception earlier, the Chiefs just go three and out. They get the ball basically one first down from being at least in the field goal range, and they go three and out. Mahomes takes another sack, second straight third down sack that he took. It felt like Patrick Mahomes became Carson Wentz at the end of the game. And I'm not saying they're the same player. But what we saw with once, what you see with a quarterback who's good but not great in that moment is you hold the ball and you try to be the hero. And it felt like Mahomes tried to be the hero. He was the hero last week. He will be the hero many, many more times again. He's Patrick Mahomes. This might go down as one of the worst defeats on certainly a Hall of Fame career when it's all said and done. But he tried to do too much. He tried to force things. He tried to uh, you know, on the on the long interception, tried to force it to the week in overtime. It just felt like he tried to do a little too much in this game. Burrow was getting to that moment too. It felt like Burrow was trying to do a little bit much. It, it's it's like we wanted the Mahomes Josh Allen shootout again. We wanted these back and forth scores, and both quarterbacks wanted the moment, and it's it wasn't happening. The the Bengals barely get in the field goal range, get really conservative, get the field goal. So now they're up the chiefs drive next. Not terrible. Kind of the dink and dunk thing that we wanted. We got three catches to Travis Kelsey. Uh, I'm picked that the Bengals are not calling their timeouts. They're not blitzing. They're not being aggressive. It's, it's the point now where it's like, okay, blitz. And like, I almost thought that the chiefs were just going to, you know, score a touchdown. And basically that was the end of the game. They're just going to run the clock down. And it felt like the Bengals need to be more aggressive, either try to stop them or give up the touchdown and give your guy a chance. It felt almost like Burrow was going to not even get back on the field again. And, you know, the Chiefs for a second straight week don't get the touchdown that they need to. They settle for the field goal, and they just couldn't quite punch it in. Like you said, the offense just did not come through.
0: Yeah, it was really shocking. And then even when you get to overtime, Mahomes' first two passes, you're like, what in the world is this? Like, he actually almost threw a pick six at the start of overtime and you're thinking, wow, like this Chiefs offense really might not do it. And, you know, he forces the pass and it was a, it was a tremendous play because to me, I thought Tyreek Hill was going to catch that and ends up getting tipped and you got the interception and you knew when Joe Burrow gets the ball in that situation, you only got to go 20, 25 yards. There's no, there's no way a Chiefs defense is going to stop him. So
1: yeah, they get the ball in the 45 there. I don't mind the pass to Tyreek Kill. You know, it's you're punting. It's an arm punt and you're giving your guy a shot and, you know, you're, you're deep in your own territory. I tweeted this coming in. I thought this last week and again today, it felt like the Chiefs got a score there. I did not trust their defense to get back on the field and get a stop. Not that the Bengals were unstoppable the way the Bills had been last week, but it just felt like, you know, the Chiefs, this happened in the last game, too. They just run the field a lot of the second half. And they just, you know, you're going to get tired out. And, you know, I noticed over the last maybe 20 minutes or so, it felt like the Bengals finally figured out how to get some of their receivers one-on-one coverage, and they're giving them shots. And you just knew you can't give Burrow and company a chance. And they did. And, uh, you know, they took care of business. It To me, too, the Chiefs defense... For me on that last drive in overtime, that was a we are who they thought they were moment. The Chiefs defense, they 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 just they weren't there. They didn't show up. That the Bengals did their usual run up the middle, run up the middle, conservative. We're in field goal range. And we're like 55 yards out. So let's just run in the middle and kick it. And they're still ripping off six, seven, eight-yard carries and basically turned it from yeah, it's going to be a field goal for the win, but a difficult one, even with a rookie kicker, the rookie kicker to go to the Super Bowl. I don't care how nails he's been. You still got to make a tough kick. Suddenly, they picked up like 20 more yards and made a chip shot at the end. And, you know, kicker NFL kickers make that close one. So it just, I'm not going to say they gave up, but just you could just see like the piles are moving forward. You're falling forward. You're getting those extra yards and it just kind of felt like they knew that the battle was lost at that point to me. Oh yeah. Without a die.
0: That's why some of those first downs. And I know we are trained to look at yeah. things analytically, but some of those early carries are why Mixon was able to dominate in overtime. And it's like, I think that those things are important. So I think we yeah, can't lose fair. sight of that.
1: Yeah. I felt like uh, both these games, we'll talk about this in the late game too, but I thought both these games swung on late down plays. If you look at third and fourth down plays in this game, Patrick Mahomes on 11 third or fourth down plays, negative 0.3 EPA per play. And that includes the 21 points at the start of the game that he had a few nice conversions. The Bengals on 14 late down plays, positive 0.32 EPA per play. They're 8 of 14 on third down. Joe Burrow, I did not know he had this in him. Joe Burrow's legs were big. The Chiefs gave up scramble runs to Allen last week, to Burrow today. Burrow made some big plays with his legs, converted some third downs, kept things alive. We talked about earlier the first three drives. Chiefs had 26 plays, 226 yards, 8.7 yards of play. From that moment forward, 41 plays for 149 yards, 3.6 yards per play. Patrick Mahomes, 1.02 EPA per play. The first three drives, the rest of the game, 13 for 25. So barely over 50% completion, two interceptions, four sacks, negative 0.6 EPA per play. So he went from absolute God mode, unstoppable for three drives to just like <laughs> trash, basically. That's by, by EPA per play. Again, I'm not slandering Patrick Mahomes. You can have a bad game, but he had a bad two quarters when it mattered most. Two quarters and a play, because we'll count that one right before halftime and the overtime. And uh, it, it just didn't happen. Joe Burrow becomes the first ever number one pick quarterback to go to the Super Bowl in his second year. Patrick Mahomes had been 37 and 0 up 15 or more. And he is now 37 and 1. And the Bengals are going to the Super Bowl. I did not see this coming.
0: I just kind of had a feeling this was, this was going to be one of those games that was going to be closer than what people thought. I'm just kind of shocked that this wasn't a shootout. Like, if you told me what were the paths for a Bengals' victory, some of them emerged here. I thought it would be two Patrick Mahomes interceptions, and but I just thought we'd see a higher scoring game. I just did not think that we just see three points from the Chiefs in the second half. I did not think that at all. And the Bengals, on their second drive, when they're driving for a field goal, and it looks like they're about to score a touchdown, Higgins has the ball, in the end zone. And it looks like Fenton holds them has a pass interference. They don't call it. At that point, I was a little nervous for the Bengals because you got to get you got to get three. Chiefs are already up seven. You're going to put the pressure on them. You're going to have the Bengals in negative game script. And for whatever reason, the Chiefs offense couldn't keep it going. But I did think this was going to be a closer game. And I was I was really, really concerned for the Chiefs. Just because I, I think that week 17 game start, like anytime you can blow it, a 14-point lead three different times, it, it says something about your ability to close games.
1: Well, and it says something, too, that we certainly have to give credit to the Bengals at this point, that they are a team that does not believe in negative game script. <laughs> I mean, they, they were, like, forfeiting first down all game long just to be like, here you go, we'll take second and 10. We'll take the negative script on third down, doesn't matter. Our guy Joe's going to do it anyway. We'll go down 21-3, doesn't matter. We'll go down 14, three times against the Chiefs last game. Doesn't matter. This team, you know, there's just, there's something that's not in all the numbers that when you have your guy and you believe and you believe in your guy and you believe in your team, there's something that doesn't translate to all the analytics that just keeps you pushing a little bit. And that doesn't necessarily mean that it overcomes all the numbers. The numbers still matter, but the Bengals just are not going to roll over. They're a team that... No matter how many times they're getting sacked, every drop back, no matter how many points they're down, no matter what the numbers say, they're going to fight. They might still be the inferior team. I thought it was pretty clear who the better team was in this game. The better team didn't win. The better team went home today. Doesn't matter. (laughs) It doesn't matter who the better team is. It matters what the scoreboard says and the Bengals. I think this is now 12 one score games on the season and they're coming up on the right side of the one scores. And You know, it is a win or go home game and the Chiefs are home and the Bengals are headed to L.A. for the Super Bowl. So let's uh, hear a quick word from our sponsor and get to the NFC Championship.
2: The Action Network podcast is proudly presented by BetMGM. And to celebrate the 2021 NFL season, BetMGM is offering a great sign-up offer for our listeners, a $1,000 risk-free first bet. You just open an account at BetMGM and make your first deposit. Then make your first bet. If that bet wins, the money is yours. And if your bet doesn't win, BetMGM will refund you in free bets up to $1,000. It's that simple. To get started, just click on the link in this episode description. BetMGM has been a great podcast partner, and they've got all the best features for NFL betting, like live betting and daily odds boosts. Plus, BetMGM is compatible with our BetSync technology, so when you place a wager at BetMGM, that bet can automatically be tracked in your action app. So open an account today and make your first bet risk-free up to $1,000. Just click on the link in this episode description to get started. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Michigan, New Jersey, Colorado, Indiana, West Virginia, Iowa, Virginia, Tennessee, Nevada, or Pennsylvania. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call one 800 522 4,700 in Colorado and Nevada, 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, one 800 270 in Michigan, 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, or 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia. BetSync not available in Nevada. Thanks so much for listening. Let's get back to the show. All right,
1: so speaking of L.A., In the Los Angeles, the Rams hosted the 49ers. This one opened at three and a half to the Rams and basically just sat there the entire week long. Even as the injury news came in and everything else, it just sat there. The 49ers end up covering the three and a half by a half point. They're up by 10 in the fourth quarter, but the Rams come all the way back, get the 20 to 17 victory. Our second under of the day, not a lot of scoring on championship Sunday but the rams really dominated early should have been up more than they did then let the 49ers suddenly come up and and take a big lead 17 to 7 but it felt big it felt like it, the rams are really up against it and the rams just made the plays they needed to and and you know drove the the dagger into the heart of our 49ers picks and our 49ers futures.
0: yeah and this was a really interesting game because i think earlier on you saw both quarterbacks missing wide open throws. I mean, the, the Rams got the ball first, the 49ers defer. It looks like Odell Beckham is wide open on third and four. Matthew Stafford misses him. And you're thinking right away, Stafford is, is going to have a problem game. They punt and 49ers get the ball. Jimmy Garoppolo has George Kittle wide open for a touchdown and he misses him. So they end up punting. And then you have Matthew Stafford driving them down for a touchdown. They're on third and goal pass gets tipped, intended for Cooper Cup, interception. So that first quarter is just a, a wide array of mistakes from both quarterbacks, and this is tied 0-0, and you got the Rams, they drop it down, score a touchdown. At that point, I'm starting to feel like the 49ers got to be in trouble just because the Rams are converting so many third downs, and it, it just was almost tilting for somebody who's on the 49ers. But the 49ers come right back down, Get it to Debo. He makes a big play. It's tied
1: 7-7, and you're looking up, and you're thinking, oh, this is going to be a game. Yeah, that's exactly how I was feeling. If it weren't for the history of these teams and it weren't for the Week 18 game that we saw where the Rams dominated early and then the Niners ended up coming all the way back, dominating the the yards and the first downs and winning at the end, if it weren't for that and knowing... How much of the matchup edge was in the Niners' favor on how we capped it? I would have felt much worse about San Francisco's chances about 20 minutes into this one. The whole thing is that the Niners are supposed to be dominating the trenches, and instead, I thought they were getting dominated on both sides. Offensive line, Trent Williams did not look healthy or have a usual dominant game. The Rams' defensive line was not amazing; like they weren't constantly in there, but they were getting enough pressure to, to, uh, to you know, put put some. Niners offense and the difficulties, the Niners play calling really frustrating this game as a Niners backer felt like Zach Taylor just flew in and took over the Niners offense for a lot of the game. So many runs on first down and now you just defended it. I understand that you need to do some running in it.
0: In this case, I felt like they should have been passing a lot more. It wasn't a situation where with Burrow, it's just like, all right, you're going to get this guy killed. You got to run a little bit. In this situation, the Rams couldn't defend the middle of the field at all. And literally they could have just thrown the Debo, thrown a Kittle. IU. I mean, that was their all game. And obviously Jimmy Garoppolo missed a bunch of throws, but that was their all game for the 49ers. And they just did not take advantage of it. Yep. And it was like extremely frustrating.
1: Yeah. Really frustrating. We knew that that middle would be open and they just wouldn't attack it. The Rams really, it, it was hard because for the first 20 minutes, the Rams looked like they should be in control. It should be, Ten nothing, fourteen nothing. The Rams drive from the from the two yard line, ninety eight yard drive, four for four on third down, and Bosa is getting in the backfield, getting some pressure on. But they just keep on converting on third down, which is going to be the theme all game long. Just any third down stop for the Niners defense at any point, and may, one or two stops maybe swings this entire game. And again you also are feeling a little bit like the Packers game. The Packers had the big early lead, or not a big early lead, but it felt like a big early lead. Only 7 nothing, but it felt like the Packers are in control, and we knew that the Niners could kind of hang around and then come back late. A difference here, a big key difference, is that the Niners weren't even on the field offensively. And a big thing with the Niners is you like that power run game because it really starts to wear down the defense late in the game when it's working but that doesn't happen if the Rams offense is on the field all game. So that part was worrying me, even as the Niners kind of hung in on the scoreboard, even as they tied it, that the script is not in our favor here as Niners backers, because they're not on the field. Their defense is really showing that they can't get off the field on third down. Anytime that Stafford can get the ball off, Super Cup is open. Odell Beckham is open. Those two both had monster games later after seven-seven. Cooper Cup drops a touchdown, basically. Stafford hits him in stride, and Cup just drops it. His one mistake all game. A couple plays later, we got some dude named Scourneck hitting in the hands in the end zone. He drops a touchdown for the Rams. Kyle Higby is out at this point. Cam Akers was out for a while, so the Rams are a little shorthanded, and we're getting these dudes coming in, receivers and tight ends buried down the depth chart, and it just it felt like despite that, and where the Rams really were down just a couple of options, the Niners defense just felt like it goes all over the place in that first half and just kind of barely holding on to me.
0: Yeah, and like Van Jefferson went out. And like I'm going to be honest with you, I feel like we here at Action were probably in the top 1%, 2% of NFL fans. I've never heard of this guy, Skyrim, in my life. Like <laughs> I've, I had no idea who he was. So when I saw him drop it, I just laughed and I'm like, who the f- is this? And Look, a couple of plays later, the 49ers got their big, the first big third down stop of the game. And it was huge because Matt Gay ended up missing a 54-yard field goal. And to me, this was the crucial play of the game for me because the 49ers have a chance to not only score before the half, and they have good field position, first and 10 at their own 44, but they get the ball back in the second half. But for me, I felt like the 49ers really mismanaged this. They have multiple timeouts. It's a minute, 50 seconds on the clock. And they pretty much end up running out of time. So, uh, look, they, they go into the half of 10-7, but it was still frustrating to me that they didn't even they, – they just never got a chance
1: to, to drive down the foot. They just ran out of, out of time. So, I, I got to say, it too, I'm with you. Missed opportunity there going to halftime. Before that last field goal drive by the, by the Niners – Here's where we're at. It's 7-7. It's a tie game, but boy, is it not a tie game in any of the stats at this point. The Niners have run 13 plays in 28 minutes of football to 42 plays for the Rams. It's 20 minutes possession to eight minutes possession. The Rams have 7 of 10 third down conversion. The Niners have yet to convert a third down. So it's a tie game on the scoreboard, but this is utter domination by a Rams team that looked better at everything so far. And like you said, that I put that in my notes because I, I like you, I felt like okay, they got the one third down stop they needed. This is the chance to flip it. And they did take the lead, but it felt like a fake lead at the half. And then they got the ball in the second half. They get a couple penalties to give them first downs, but they stall out and it just not only did they stall out, it was a chump move. They have the Rams 42 and
0: second and nine, you don't run, you don't, you know, you don't pick up anything short to even put yourself in a position to possibly kick a field goal. And you end up punting from the 42. And I I just think at that point, you got to put yourself in position to get some point when you have that good field position and you have to punt. It's kind of, it just puts you in a bad situation. And obviously they were lucky to be able to stop the, the Rams on the, on the next drive and then come back and score a touchdown to go up 10, but it was just like it just felt like they had their, their, their chance to put this game away. And that's a the theme of this game. They had
1: a chance to put this game away and they just did. You could really sense, we've known all playoffs that the Jimmy Garoppolo factor was looming. And you could really feel in this game, Kyle Shanahan did not trust his quarterback. He just didn't. He didn't trust him. And anytime that the Niners would finally get rolling, get a couple of nice plays. Then they'd go back to conservative play calling three times. The Niners punted the ball from inside Rams territory. And this is the Niners. This is the team that's supposed to be winning the trenches, winning with this physical, aggressive style. And they're just, they're, they're, they're not playing the style of football they should play. And I, I can only understand it to be that's because they don't trust Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> we saw why we understand why you don't trust Jimmy Garoppolo but if you're going to play him and ride him all season to put him in this moment, you got to let your quarterback try to make some throws. He he had game-winning drives this season. He's had a winning record for them. He can make throws, and it just felt like they're not really giving him a chance. Even when the Niners did get the touchdown, it's not Garoppolo. It's Debo dragging dudes forward and slicing through guys. Jawan had a huge catch and drags guys over. It's At that point, I'm feeling pretty good because it's not just that the Niners are up 17-7, but finally, for the first time, I'm seeing the Niners' physical team show up on that drive, and it's looking like, okay, the Rams' defense is maybe not up for this fight. The Niners are getting the hits and falling forward, and I have in my notes, how do the Rams have seven points right now? Because it's 17-7. I have no idea how we got here, but we're basically at 17 minutes left, and it's on Matt Stafford, and we know Stafford can do the fourth quarter comebacks. But you're down ten against a good defense. Demico Ryan's really schemed up well again. I thought Niners defense did a nice job today, uh, but it was on Stafford. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest was with you, I, McVay, and they came through. I think the Niners secondary
0: failed them, but I think the Niners front yeah. seven did what we expected. I Agreed. think the Niners secondary has been suspect all season, but. Look, no team's going to be perfect. And the front seven did enough to win. I think the defense actually did enough to win. I think this is on the offense. Look, when you're up 17-14, it's second and one in, in Rams territory. you're at the Rams 44, you got the Elijah Mitchell. He gets stuffed for one, negative one yard. Then it's third and two. At that point, I, I'm either sneaking it with Jimmy Garoppolo, I'm throwing it, but there's no way in the world on fourth and two, I'm i punting it. And it looked like you checked, actually fumbled it. And this is a big theme of the game as well. Sean McVay throws out his challenge and it's it's blatantly wrong. It's like blatantly wrong. It's like, why are you even challenging this? And at that point, the Rams have no timeouts left for the rest of the game. It looks like the Fortnite's are gonna punt, but they take the punt team off and they bring the offense back on. And the only thing they're looking to do is to try to draw them off sides. And it's like it's fourth and two with the Rams 45. The middle of the field is wide open. You're not passing it to the middle of the field when you're running the ball. You're putting Trent Williams in motion. And it's just like it's the most frustrating thing. They end up pointing it away. If they if they pick up that first down at minimum, I, I think they win this game because you, you you end up getting a field goal. If you don't get a if you if you don't get a field goal, you get a touchdown, which pretty much all but ices things. But if you get a field goal and the Rams come back and score a touchdown, you're looking at 25-35 yards to get in field goal position for the lead. Instead, they end up pointing it, kick the ball back to the Rams. The next play, Matthew Stafford pretty much throws the back interception and tar- drops it. <laughs> and then from there, you know, the Rams are yeah. probably
1: going to win this game. Yeah, that play, that fourth and two, and the third and two, I thought that was the key turning point for this game. So we didn't say it. The Rams will scored a touchdown at this point. So 17-14, Great play design to get Cooper cup single coverage. I don't know what you're doing to get Cooper cup single covered on third down, but the man crushed the Niners on third down all game long. So he gets the touchdown on third and long that third down and two play. We complained about it. Two Niners games in a row. Stop putting Trent Williams in motion. You're getting too cute. We got third and two personally, and I'm not the play designer here but I was I, I was wanting them to dial up a deep shot here. Third and two, you're inside Rams territory. This is clear four-down territory. Go with the play action here. Go with the Kittle over the middle for like a 20-yarder. Hit the pass down the field. This is a great chance when you know the Rams are going to be coming up. Go for the killer shot. Get the touchdown or the long play. You bleed the clock. You get some points. You're in great shape at that point. Instead, you get cute. You put your stud blocker in motion who again, motion himself out of the play. Basically you hand off to your fullback Debo Samuel does nothing. And so the third down play goes bad. You don't do the fourth down play. You punt it away again, three times they punted inside Rams territory, whatever is the opposite of a coaching clinic. That was this game. Sean McVay. You mentioned the challenge earlier in the half. Sean McVay challenges a Matthew Stafford sneak on the fourth down. First of all, Stop sneaking Matthew Stafford. It gets no push at all. The line gets no push. We've seen like four or five sneaks in the playoffs and it looks terrible every single time. And they never overturn sneaks. You can't like he got a very favorable spot anyways, and still was short. And it's so hard to overturn was the knee down on the fumble in the big pile. And it's so hard to overturn was Stafford four inches further ahead. Like, what are you doing? Sean McVay coached like a coach that was desperate because he knew that he loses to Shanahan all the time. Shanahan coached like he was scared because he knew that his quarterback is bad and he was doing all he could to not have to put the game in his hands. And I get it, but look, you either put the ball in your quarterback's hands on fourth and two, or you put in his hands with a minute left behind late in the game. We saw how that one went. I would think I would have rather taken my chances on fourth and two. So the Rams two plays to get where they were had
0: they just not converted so it was just like the pump was just absolutely meaningless and Sean McVay when he threw the challenge it felt like he gave them an out and you know they said in the post-game press conference has said he never he never crossed his mind to go for it so I don't know what's going on if the 49ers have an analyst department but there's something organizational wise where they're not thinking about this type of stuff and we see it come up time and time again. And Shanahan, for all his brilliance as, as far as calling plays, these situational football decisions, he's he's lacking. And it, Rams ended up getting it done. And I think at the end, you start to see that that Rams pass rush really caused some problems for the 49ers on the last two drives when when a team knows that you're throwing and they know that you have to get the ball down the field. It's a lot easier for Aaron Donald and Von Miller to, to rush the passion
1: and cause some problems. Yeah, and we gotta give some credit to to the crowd. The crowd was really a factor late. The crowd was like the bloods in the Crips.
0: It, it just felt <laughs> like you had half the crowd rooting for the 49ers and the other half of crowd rooting for the Rams. The Rams actually had to use a solid count at home.
1: Yeah, no, it's it was interesting as the Rams are going, they're driving, and it's tied, and uh the Rams. They twice should have had a delay of game, I thought. The clock ran out. They're out of timeouts. They can't call timeout. They got guys motioning all over the place. They look like a team who is out of timeouts and who doesn't really know what they're doing. And Fred Warner makes the big stop. They get the field goal. The Niners get the ball back and take 23 seconds off the clock in their drive. So 17-17, 6.49 left. Classic Niners football is that the Rams don't touch the ball again. You run the ball, you run the clock. The Niners have their timeouts. The Rams are out of timeouts. This is your chance to be the Niners. This is your chance to go do the thing you're supposed to be. Be the physical team, run basically your four-minute offense, and just run the clock, get into the field goal range, fall down short of the goal line, kick the field goal, get out of there. No matter how bad the rest of it was, instead, three plays, 23 seconds, and then the Rams suddenly are on the 39 in their tie game. And they again, what do they do? Same thing as all game. They convert the third down, convert the third down. We get a blitz on a third down. So we get Cup open again on a third down. And then we're at two minutes and 30 seconds. The Niners don't call timeout. I don't know what that game management is. Like, I think again, it's being afraid of Jimmy Garoppolo. It's like, well, we got to save our timeouts for when we have the ball. So we got to protect our guy. Doesn't work. They call a timeout inside the two-minute warning. And the Rams get the field goal. Ball comes back to the Niners. Still a minute 46 left. Still a timeout. They did nothing. Absolutely nothing. Garoppolo looked horrendous. Garoppolo was the terrible quarterback. Everyone has tried to warn us about. For all, all of our Niners futures, they came crumbling down. On those last two drives, Garoppolo is terrible. The overall numbers for this game were not bad. But he just did not get the job done. He was disastrous. He almost threw an interception, then he did throw an interception. It, it only is appropriate that Garoppolo's surely last pass ever with the 49ers will be an interception under pressure. Season over, bring on the Trey Lance era. That is the end for Garoppolo and the Niners season. As bad as
0: Garoppolo was, the whole offense on the last two drives looked disoriented. It's, it's It's just tragic because really this game swung on the decision to punt the ball and on the second and one, the third and two, the punt, the drop interception. That was the game right there. And look, if one of those game, one of those plays swings a different direction, you pick up the second and one or you pick up the, the third and two or you don't punt or you get the interception. The 49s are probably going to the Super Bowl. That's the difference between the margin of victory in NFL these days. It's, it's just razor thin. Jimmy Garoppolo and Kyle Shanahan probably cost this team a a chance at Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, I agree with all of that. But at the same time, you know, we, we both of us are on the Niners. So we're rooting Niners here all the way. The better team won this game. 396 yards to 282, 76 plays to only 50 for the Niners. The Rams won this game. You know, we pointed out a couple of those key pivot plays. It's always easy to pinpoint those. But for the game, big picture, the Rams won this game on late downs. Niners on late downs, third and fourth downs, negative 0.83 EPA per play. Just awful on nine plays. The Rams on 16 late down passes, 0.56 EPA per play, which is an awesome number, 69% success rate. The Rams converted third and seven. They got a 17-yard play. Third and 10, 14-yard scramble. Third and six, Cooper Cup for 15. 3rd and 13, Cooper Cup for 16 and a touchdown. 3rd and 9, Odell Beckham. 3rd and 10, Cooper Cup for 16. 3rd and 3, Cooper Cup for 25. It was Cooper Cup on a third down, Matt Stafford on third down. We, we pinpointed those key plays and the big decisions, but throughout the game, the game was won and lost, play-by-play play on those third downs. Stafford, you know, it, it really did come down to Stafford came through on the third down and Garoppolo didn't and really Cup came through on third down. The the guy was awesome, kept getting open, and the Rams actually went two of six in the red zone. If they don't throw that interception early, if they don't miss the field goal, if they don't settle for a couple of field goals, there are a lot of versions of this game that the Niners are never even in it, and the Rams dominate. So yeah. you're right. The Niners had a shot here. The Niners are up 10. Of course, they have a shot of the game, he- but... But the the Rams were the better team here.
0: I don't know. I think it speaks to how close these teams actually are. I mean, for a team to be up 10, end up losing. And, I mean, you have all the mistakes that the Rams made. I I think the surprising thing about this game is the 49ers, they just weren't successful on the ground at all. When you look at the the rushing stats, they had a negative 45 EPA per play, 11% success rate, 20 rushing attempts, 2.5 yards per run. We all know the Rams can't run the ball. But it felt like in the the first half, they did a good job of running the ball and and really keeping the ball away from the 49ers. So, look, I think those are the biggest two surprises for me of this game is because we know that the 49ers, they were supposed to control the clock through the ground.
1: I agree. The Rams surprised me how they ran the ball early. The Rams flipped the script. Like, in Week 18, the Niners beat the Rams. They came back. They won by three. But the numbers told us that the 49ers really dominated that game This one was the exact opposite. The Rams controlled the time of possession, not the 49ers. The Rams ran the ball early, not the 49ers, successfully at least. And yeah, they're they're close teams, but the Rams got the job done and and the Rams did it the way that the Niners were supposed to do it too. So credit for that. Sean McVay and the Rams are now 2-23 and when trailing by double digits in the second half. The only wins... Are today in the NFC Championship and against the Saints in the NFC Championship. Guess if you're going to only come back down double digits with McVeigh, you got your one time, a couple times every now and then, doing in the NFC Championship is a pretty good way to go. For me personally, tough loss, our 25 to 1 uh, 49ers Super Bowl ticket to get to the Super Bowl goes out the window. We were right there. We had a few chances to hedge going in at halftime was plus odds on the Rams money line, about plus 250 in the third quarter there. But I I rode my guys. I felt good about the read and the Niners had the lead and were in good position. Plus 5,000 when the Super Bowl not going to happen would have been favorites if they could just close this one out. You know, we got the cover on our Niners at least, but that is not much of a silver lining for me here.
0: I mean, I had big money on the 49ers, so I, I'm, I'm very happy with how this postseason has turned out. Look, I mean, futures are tough to hit, and this is actually the second year in a row in which I had a, a, a great future, and it died in an NFC championship. Look, if you hit one of these things every 10 years or so, I mean, <laughs> at the prices that we're getting, you're going you're gonna to make a profit. So yeah, it's, hey, it's I, a matter of time.
1: <laughs> I had box 12-1 to one last year that I took about two weeks before the end of the season. And I thought I somehow pulled out two years in a row with these Niners. We were right there. We were there. We just had to get one of those plays to go our way. Couldn't do it. The Rams are head to the Super Bowl. The Rams will host the Super Bowl. After never in history a team hosting the Super Bowl, we get the Rams hosting a second straight year a team will host. So as we get out of here, let's take a look at our hot read and preview the Super Bowl. Hot wrap. Rams open at minus 3.5, still minus 3.5, I believe, at BetMGM, already at minus 4 at some books as the numbers is, is money is quickly coming in on the Rams. Bengals plus 155 on the money line, and the total is at 49.5. The Bengals are in their third Super Bowl. They have yet to win one. Both previous times were one-score losses to the 49ers, so perhaps they're feeling pretty good about not getting the Niners here. The Rams are 1-3 and three in their Super Bowls. Sean McVay was here a few years ago. Didn't go so well. Only three points on that one. Bill Belichick walking through that door, though. What's your early read on Rams-Bengals Super Bowl?
0: My my motto actually makes this game Rams minus five, so I wasn't surprised to see this number move up from the opener. Three and a half was sitting at four right now. Me, personally, I'm going to be waiting to get the better number on the Bengals. Look, I know there's... Look, when you look at this matchup, Aaron Donald, Von Miller, they have a huge edge on the defensive line. Pass rush win rate. They're facing this Bengals offensive line who really can't block the passer. So I think that's going to be an issue. The Bengals, they just have a huge edge with their receivers. Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, facing this depleted Rams secondary. Look, you got an old washed-up Eric Weddle back there. I know Ramsey is back there, but there's just something about this Bengals team that I think is special. And I think the, the, the four-point spread is a little bit too
1: much. And I think the Bengals are going to have a chance to win this game outright. Well, I think they'll have a chance because I, uh, I'm i not super excited to bet on either of these teams. These are both teams that I've been fading down the stretch here. And you can't fade both of them. One of them is going to get the win. One of them is going to get the cover in the Super Bowl. So that defensive line for the Rams that you mentioned, their, their awesome pass rush win rate, that's the key mismatch here because the Bengals, we know, that offensive line, has not been good that was the story coming into the season for the Bengals. did they make the right draft pick Did should they have taken the offensive lineman i'm pretty sure they're happy with jamar chase right now but the o-line has not held up joe burrow got sacked a franchise record number of times in the regular season he got sacked nine times against the titans and now he's got aaron donald von miller i think these guys are going to live in the Bengals backfield and no matter how good your receivers are if you don't have time to get the ball to them we saw that in last year's Super Bowl when the line, the offensive line did not hold up. It didn't matter what the quarterback could do after that. So key thing here is that defense. The Bengals, we said all year, the Bengals faced, the offense faced the easiest slate of defenses in the entire league on the schedule. The Rams are the best defense this team will face all year. We don't know what they're going to look like against a defense this good. The Bengals played the Niners. The only team they played all season in the top 10 by DVOA defensively. They played the Browns twice, who were number 11 defensively, and they lost all three of those games. 0-3, one of them week 18, doesn't really count. But in those games, Bengals scored 19.5 points against those top 11 defenses, 28.9 points against the other games on their schedule. They've played the Raiders, the Titans, and the Chiefs. The Rams are a much better defense than anything the Bengals have had to face in these weeks. So I just think the Rams are better. I think the Rams' defense is a lot better. Their offense is much better. Uh, Even as much as I dumped on Sean McVay today, the coaching mismatch, I still don't really trust Zach Taylor here. It's the same things I've said about the Bengals all the way. I just think the Rams are better. So I, I like the Rams' defense here to be the difference. I wish the number were a little bit lower, but I lean Rams early on this as we dig into it a little bit more. I also, I think I like the first half under. I think both coaches are going to be a little they The, the coaching scared a little bit. We've talked about that in both these games. The Rams defense, the metrics are much better in the first half. Bengals aren't really a, a fast starting team. They're a pretty poor first quarter team. So that's one of the angles I'll be looking at. But this is not the Super Bowl that I expected. So I, I'm excited to dig into it a little bit and see where we go. I think I'm on the Rams. We might be finally head to head in our, our biggest game of the season here.
0: Yeah, I think it's I think it's going to be really exciting. I mean, most of these playoffs, we had a ton of rematches, and this is going to be one of the few games in the postseason that isn't a rematch. So we have a lot of new things to break down. We don't know what we're going to expect from these two teams. I think that's something that we saw throughout the entire playoffs. We kind of had a good idea of what we'd see. We we have no idea, so we're going to dig into that through the next couple of weeks. You're going to, I mean, tune into the Rayvon and Stucky podcast. Tune into the favorites. Tune in to us. We're going to be breaking out
1: everything, props, side, total, everything you need we're going to have for the next couple of weeks. So I'm excited. Definitely, yeah. Just to give you an idea of what's coming up here at the Action Network, yeah, tune in Thursday for a Super Bowl Propalooza with Raybon and Sean Kerner as they give you the best player props for rams Bengals out of the Super Bowl. Make sure to keep an eye out across the feeds, too. You got the favorites with Chad Millman and Simon Hunter. You got Fantasy Flex. They're going to have podcasts the next couple of weeks, even Pro Bowl coverage for you. For all of us that need a little football filler next weekend, get some Pro Bowl action there, even a few props and angles there. We'll get everything you need for the Super Bowl. So it's coming soon. That is going to wrap it up today at the Action Hour Podcast. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, and review the podcast on Apple and Spotify we got ourselves a super bowl we got Bengals. we got rams for raheem palmer i'm brandon anderson and this has been the action network podcast we are on to the super bowl